Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. (laughs) You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, I gotta tell you, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, right. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer, Nick Bodie on the boards. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8, uh, yeah, from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, so you can always call us at 414-799-1250. Got any questions or comments? 799-1250. So, good morning, fellas. What? Kind of is light and variable on Edens. Yeah. We do have one rollover <laughs> yeah. on the expressway due to the... Freezing ice. Yeah. Unfortunately, we yet. haven't had it yet. Not yet. Well, let's hope it doesn't really freeze all the way because you we all said that our car thermometer said 33 degrees. Mm-hmm. It can only go up, right? It can't go down. <laughs> let's we gotta keep our fingers crossed. What can't go goes down. Up must come down, Tom. <laughs> yeah, who said it's that? Simple. Newton? Did Newton say that? <laughs> it's simple physics. <laughs> what goes up must come down. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, well, I'll tell you, I, I know of fellas, guys that are going ice fishing tomorrow. My two older sons are going out tomorrow, and uh, I called my one of my sons, and I said, hey, you got good uh, ice steaks for that tent of yours because uh, it's going to be blowing pretty good. They're talking about 20 to 30-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 50, and that'll blow some shanties around. So you better have some good steaks to keep it in place. Yeah, actually, um, you should, uh, March 3rd, you're supposed to get your shanties off, Is that what it is this year, March 3rd? March 3rd, and March 3rd, I believe, is the last day for game fish fishing. Now, from what I understand, and check your regs, um, you can fish March 3rd, but then I'm guessing at midnight when March 4th starts. Right, it's all over. It's all over. Yeah. Another inauspicious... (laughs) unspectacular ice fishing season yeah. is done, thankfully. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, my, my son Nick has been doing really good this year. Don't worry, that's just mine, Danny. <laughs> you did. Uh, Rule number one. I know, don't play with the cell phones during the show. I just want to check out dates. You don't even answer. Now, we're in the middle of a broadcast. You know, for the record, the millennial producer does have his on silent, so. Yeah, yeah if he can do it. 
Well, we've had it a couple of times where somebody called called here, and I wanted to put him on the air, so I just held up my phone like this, Nick. <laughs> oh my god! So, this from a guy barbarians. This from a guy yeah. who like never picks up his cell phone when Re- you go to call him. Refuses, ever, refuse, ever refuses to text. Ever ever doesn't text. No. And now during the middle of a broadcast. When rule number one, you're supposed to have cell phones off and be focusing on a task at hand. Now you're playing around on a cell phone. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, With I know. A rather lousy ringtone, I might add. <laughs> and so, well, Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Let's uh, just run I'm a radio show right you. here. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even know what he was talking about before. Yeah, Sunday, March 3rd. Now, that's a Sunday. I thought they usually closed it on a Saturday. Well, I guess not. I don't know. I guess, I guess not. not. All right, I got one for you. You were talking about ice gear. Are ice cleats like a common thing for people going out on the water? Because my mom, oh, yeah. she's in her early 60s. She's yep. like semi-retired. She still walks dogs during the winter. Mm-hmm. And we got her like a $240 pair of ice boots for Christmas. That was my brother and I. That was our big That's thing. That's crazy. Are those common use for uh, for uh, if you're going out on the ice to well, a shanty? Yeah, but not $240 worth, you can buy these things. I forget what, yak tracks yeah, for your mom? the ones you put on your feet, yeah. Yeah. She I has mean, those. Yeah, those are great. And, and yak then there's track. A, yak track. Then there's another one that's a little bit more aggressive with uh, metal little spikes. You know, you can do that. But And then there's the inexpensive $5 ones that just go under your arch, you know, and you, they either got, uh, right. uh, you know, they got a buckle or they got a rubber thing that you just put over your boot. Yeah, when the ice is slick, yeah, you definitely got to have something like that. Mm. Yeah, but here, oh, here's another thing though. Uh, what one of my sons did to his, he's got a pair of boots that he uses just for ice fishing. Okay, and what you do is you take uh, machine hex screws. Okay, they got to be the hex screws, machined hex screws. Mm-hmm. And first, you dip them in some of that uh, silicone sealer stuff. You know that it's some kind of goop, it's called or whatever. And you drill them right into the bottom of your sole because, you know, a lot of those boots have real thick soles. You drill them in, and they're there forever. And you can drive with them and all that. So That's for the do-it-yourself kind of MacGyver. The rest of us normal people, Tom, just go buy something. A pair of slip $5 ice cleats. Well, yeah. there's different ones now, Yeah, there's Tom. a lot of different ones. You mentioned ones. the one brand that— uh, Well, the Yak Tracks the Yak is Track? more for— like how much walking? Are, how much are those? Ah, those are like twenty bucks. Because you know? I I got some uh, HT. Oh, the big ones. The big ones. Oh yeah, those those are like thirty forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, and they had them half price at the those gas are, station. Those are at the BP those are gas good. station. Those are very aggressive. And I yeah. put those, slipped them on two pair of my uh, lacrosse Icemans. I had yeah. two pair of lacrosse Icemans, so I was I put those on one pair, and I'm never gonna take them off. Because it was kind of a pain putting them on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave these on, and these are going to be my permanent ice boots for right. when it's slippery and right. slick. Right, right. But underneath, they don't have, like, spikes. It's more like like the, like the you said, it's almost like the head of a screw or something on yeah. there. They're metal. Right, right. But those dig in pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's got to be the machined hex screws that you use, or hex bolts that they call them or whatever, but they're screws, yeah. Well, that's kind of what but, these look like on yeah, the bottom of but those. But if you're going to do it yourself, put them in your own ice fishing boots, you you have to dip them in that silicone sealer stuff first because otherwise over time they'll work their way out. So if you dip them in that stuff, it's like a shoe goop or uh, it's a silicone sealer basically. They, so when, they got a lot of different names of them. Can so we when add you shoe goop to our sponsor list? 
No, Shugoop? not yet. <laughs> not yet. I've used that goop. Oh, it's before. good stuff. It, it works. A buddy of mine turned yeah. me on to that. Uh, yeah. He, I think he called it shugu. Yeah, shugu. Shugu years ago. Yeah. yeah. And when you spread it on something, uh, I was using it to repair some stuff mm-hmm. with my boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. He gets a shugu. And when you spread it on, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a gel-looking kind of yeah. a Vaseline-like looking thing. But you kind of like, uh, like when you're spreading it, just kind of spit on your finger. Yep, you got to wet your finger. Wet your finger, spit on your finger, and then you can kind of spread it, and it doesn't stick to your finger. Yeah, and it and it dries fairly and it quickly. It dries pretty and, good, yeah. And it's watertight, water resist, uh, waterproof and all that. Yeah, I've, I've used it a number of times. There's these different ones. They're called like marine... Uh, carpenter, household, they're all, they have all different names of the silicone sealers, you know, and it's all like Shugu. It's all basically the same. And stuff. they all pretty much say on the back, use in well-ventilated area. Yeah, because it avoid, does kind of smell. Avoid the fumes. <laughs> yeah. I've told yeah. you the, <laughs> the times when I used to get these models, you know, remember, do they still have those in the store where you could go and buy like a model car that you got to glue together oh, I'm or sure they a do. plane. Yeah, I'm sure they I do. I was trying to put a plane together in the basement as a young lad, and I always had high aspirations when I'd buy that model. I thought I was going to put that baby together. But there's a reason today well, I, why I call friends to help put a new ice shanty or anything together that requires assembly, because I'm not an assembly kind of a guy. <laughs> so I was downstairs. That's why I'll, they have directions in them. <laughs> I was downstairs in a non-ventilated area with that glue, airplane glue, putting it together. And when I finally ended up putting the wing on the top of the plane as opposed to the side and stumbled on up the stairs, mom asked, what's wrong? I said, nothing, and just walked outside to get some fresh air. Yeah. When I regained that, that my, airplane glue is when I regained my senses stuff. at age eight, I yeah. walked back down, grabbed the whole thing, walked upstairs, and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> that was the end of my model <laughs> model making. Another one of my failed ventures, Tom. Remember <clears throat> the Northwestern School of Taxidermy? I don't remember okay. that. Any kid out there, and I know there's listeners that remember. I'm sure there's there's people that have used it. I know you could. Uh, if you read on the in the back of Outdoor Life magazine, um, they'd have these this ad, the Northwestern School of Taxidermy. It was like fifteen bucks or twelve bucks, and you actually sent in. My cousin did it, and you got the lessons right. And mm-hmm. it had lesson number one was you do like a blackbird. So my cousin did a the lousiest looking starling mount you're ever going to see in your life. So it looks like it should be in a Edgar Allan Poe horror movie type. But he did the bird. Well, finally, I caught this 35-inch pike, and we decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to do the pike. So we get up in his, in his room, and we're following the book, skinning it. We did a beautiful job on one side, going down carefully, skinning. But it all went to heck in a handbasket when it came to pulling the eyeballs out because you have to pull the eyeball out of the skull of the fish. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how an eyeball in a pike sticks inside and doesn't want to come out. So we were trying to pull this one eyeball out of the socket of a northern pike, and it wouldn't come. It kept going back in, like pulling on a big rubber band. And it got to the point where my cousin Stephen got, he was like 13, I was 14. He got physically ill and (laughs) got sick to the stomach and thought he was going to throw up. So he went into the bathroom and came out with a big bottle of Pepto-Bismol. 
and he started drinking it like a soda as we're pulling on this eyeball. Oh, jeez. And finally, after some time, we said, you know what? Let's just put it in a big solution, a big tub, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he took one of his mom's turkey roasting big tubs or something from under okay. her kitchen, unbeknownst to her. And we put that in there with a bunch of the, the salt or whatever or preser- preservatives. And we said, well, let's put her in the basement. We'll come back to this project later. Well, my uncle ended up throwing that whole thing into the woods about three months later. Just, oh, you forgot about it? We just kind of, on oh. we kind of in on purpose forgot about it and oh. never went back to the project. End of my taxidermy oh. career right there. You know, speaking of mounts, when I was uh, in my 20s, I caught my first six-pound large mount. And there was a guy at where I worked, he, uh, he did taxidermy, he said. And he was less expensive, so I wanted to see his work. So I went over to his house, and he's shown me all these mounts, right? You know, some perch, some bluegills, some bass, and they looked really nice. I said, okay, you know, I'll pay you to mount my fish. So it was like, I don't know, three months later, he's, you know, he says, oh, yeah, you can come over and pick up your bass. I'm like, okay. And like a dummy, I'd already paid him, you know. Right. So I get over there, and I ring the doorbell. His wife comes to the door. And I told her who I was, what I was there for. And she brings out this fish that's about two inches wide. It looked like a big pancake because it was tall, you know, from back to belly. And then from nose to tail, it was like flat, about two inches. And it was like an army green with the weirdest damn stripes, black stripes, instead of the one like lateral line stripe or whatever. And, and she says, here you go. And I said, that's not my fish. She says, yeah, your name's on it. This is yours. I said, it doesn't look anything like my fish. It doesn't look nothing like it. Well, this is it, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, when I saw the guy at work, I said, you know, what the hell? I, you know, you know what I did? Beat and moaned. Well, yeah, it's and, only you can do. Yeah, and uh, as it turns out, you know what I found out later? Those mounts that he was showing me of his work, those were mounts that he had done of his fish by other people. And that's what he was showing as referencing his work. So if you're going to have false um, advertising. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it wasn't that much and all that, but still it was like, and I still have that ugly look. I know. <laughs> I know there's lots of, I know there's lots of people out there that have taxidermist horror stories. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Uh, one of the worst mistakes, a buddy of mine I grew up with, he moved to uh he lives in Tennessee, I think now, went down south. He even comes back with a southern accent. He came on up here years ago, and uh, he was by a river. He was up visiting, and uh, up somewhere up northwest Wisconsin, and some people camping there said, hey, there's a big sturgeon or big monster fish swimming around in the river. And so my buddy went out there, and he had a, a kind of a half-baked musky rod and a suic. Mm-hmm. And he threw it, and sure enough, he hooked a 48-inch muskie. And okay. that's what they saw. Anyway, he's wading in the river, fighting the, fighting the thing, and he didn't have a net. And the thing swam between his legs and hooked the suic into his leg. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, he did get the muskie, but he also went into the doctor's office, walked in yeah. with the suic hanging from his leg. And the nurse just looked at him and said, oh, yeah, that department's right down over there. You get it a lot. <laughs> and Doc took it out, and I guess they have a 
collection of lures that yeah, they hang sure. on the wall for the. And anyway, he uh, I told he he called me. I says, "Yep, got a great taxidermist. We'll take care of it for you. I'll put it in my chest freezer." And uh, he, instead, he got on the phone and he talked to his taxidermist down south, who does his deer heads, mm-hmm. and the guy assured him that he could do it. And you know, he uh, he sent me a picture of the fish. You know, a year or two later after it was done, yeah. that is the dumbest what? looking paint job on a muskie. He painted it. <laughs> he painted it brown with like dark spots. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it looks like I don't even know what kind of fish he was painting it like. And I and I had to say, oh yeah, looks nice. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you made a mistake by going with that taxidermist. Ooh, sounds like it. Hey, well, folks, if you get any horror taxidermy stories, you know where to call, 799-1250. We'll be happy to hear them. We'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Folks, we're glad you're joining us this morning. I know it's going to be a dreary day, a lot of rain. It's just going to be an icky Saturday and Sunday. But hey, what are you going to do? We live in Wisconsin. We get it. <laughs> we get this weird stuff. But I got to tell you something, Nick. I don't think I've ever i I don't think I remember ever having a winter where we had so many ice conditions, mm-hmm. where the sidewalks, the uh, uh, driveways, and everything were just iced up. You know, we've had a lot of that this year. I can't remember a time like this. Well, you don't got to tell me. When I was still at Oshkosh, I was commuting an hour and a half, and now the commute's a little shorter into Sun Prairie. But, man, it's like the even on I-94, which they take incredible care of, it's, yeah. we've seen some next-level stuff, mixtures of sleet and hail. I know. One like, morning this week, I come out of my – I got from my side door to the garage door, right? There's mm-hmm. a short walkway. Right. I could not – Walk on. I could have ice skated on it, but I couldn't walk on it. So I had to walk in the snow on the grass, right? Had to walk in the snow to get over to the garage door so I could get some salt and put it out. And there was a big uh, run on the salt last week where everybody was out of sidewalk salt. It was just like impossible to find. And uh, well, I finally found some yesterday. Now I'll probably not need it, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But. Anyway, uh, if folks, if you want to email us, you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And we got somebody on the phone, Nick? We do. Our old friend Keith from Tosa giving us a call. He's got his hey. own horror story. Oh, hi, Keith. Good morning. Okay, Keith. Uh, Hello, Tom. Hi, Danny. How you doing? Good. good. Now, good. before we do the horror stories, no taxidermist names. Yeah, no names. Oh, yep. <laughs> okay. I've already been primed. Oh, okay. I've already been primed. I don't remember it anyway, so it's easy. Okay, so what uh, happened? A long time. A long time ago, my dad and my brother and I went bass fishing in Sturgeon Bay. And uh, my brother caught a very nice bass. I can't remember the exact size, but it was over five pounds. Okay. And uh, so he wanted to get it mounted. So there was a guy up there who did it. Now, it took him eight months to get this thing done. Right. And then when my brother picked uh, the fish up, it wasn't the same fish. It was clearly much smaller because he had a picture of it. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know... If he accidentally gave it to somebody else, I don't think he can cut, you know, cut it shorter. But uh, <laughs> I don't a, think so. He was, he was, to say the least, he was very disappointed, and it was, and it wasn't, it, 
It was expensive, wasn't cheap. Yeah. Well, um, how much small? What I mean, what, were you saying it was like a couple inches smaller, or I mean, was it obviously way smaller? Because the thing I've been told, because I've heard this times where a lot of people said that wasn't my fish. Sometimes I've been told, well, they might lose an inch when they mount them. They might not be all stretched out and stuff. Um, so they use a form. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's more. Uh, I think it's more like three inches, and and the the, the body, the uh, the girth, and everything was way was quite a bit smaller too. Yeah. So so you it can look like the same fish. So you can tell because I I had situation. Yeah. Years ago, where I caught a uh, a 29-inch uh, brown trout as a kid, and there was a taxidermist in Green Bay, and he had done a deer head for my dad. He wasn't a full-time taxidermist, kind of a part-timer. So I took him the fish, and when we were there to pick up a salmon that he had mounted, he says, oh, I'm working on your brown trout. And he had it there, and it was half-skinned out. And I looked at it, and it was... Obviously smaller than the one I had brought him. Now, I didn't have a measuring tape to measure, but I looked at it. And the other thing is uh, when I would caught the fish, a little treble hook had embedded itself in the jaw of the fish it, so deep that I couldn't rip it out with the pliers. And when I looked, there was no treble hook and there was no torn mark on the jaw. And I oh. tried telling him the same thing. I said, well, you know, that's not my fish and talk back and forth. And then finally I would, you know, he was a good guy. I'm thinking, you know, when I opened up the guy's chest freezer and put some fish in there way back when he had a chest freezer full of fish and uh, not all of them were labeled, right? You know, they're all in plastic bags and stuff. So I think if you have a taxidermist sure. taking in a ton of stuff, I can see how it'd be pretty darn easy to get two bass mixed up or two pike mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, can, I can imagine. That, yeah. that makes sense. Probably, Probably you know, what happened. How long ago was that, Keith? Oh, geez. We're talking 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. See, I think even 10 years ago they were using forms. They use the, they, they, get, they buy these forms, you know, and, 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 they, it, and, and they guess that, you know, you can buy the four-pound, the five-pound, the six-pound, whatever forms, you know. So, well, uh -huh. well, Dan Johnson, depends. Dan Johnson never did that. When I'd go watch no. him, he did a beautiful pike, musky form. He'd actually take the measurements and he'd use foam and carve right. it himself. Carve it himself. Wow. Yeah, based on the measurements. Uh, yeah. On he'd get the fish. It was really cool to watch him work. Uh, when I got that big musky years ago, um, and I uh, took it into him, he he'll actually take and on a piece of cardboard, lays it flat on the ground, and then takes magic marker and traces the outline mm -hmm. of the fish. Mm -hmm. And then he has those cut out, those, the cardboard then cut out, sure. and he has it all hanging, and I think he'd yeah. have your name on it. for So he'd know that that was going to be the what he was going to use as the model when he'd carve right. his foam. Well, and, and uh, yeah, so it's pretty much a science to it. Yeah. you got to be an artist. Two things, Keith. If, if if you're gonna you know have another fish mounted ever, well, we can highly recommend Dan Johnson's taxidermy out in Oconomowoc. Uh That's one thing, okay. but but it will take a while. Any good taxidermist is going to take a while. Could take over a year. Now, you know, so just remember that this is pretty wow. pretty much the taxidermist creed. And again, I respect and love all of them. They do great work, but ninety percent taxidermists will tell you it'll take six months to a year. And it'll take more like two years. Yeah. Oh, Keith. 
for calling yeah, in. And that's, yeah. that's hey, it. For <laughs> they're they're in, so busy. For yep. calling in early this morning, how would you yep. like a one-year subscription free to Badger Sportsman Magazine? Oh, sure. That would be great. All right. You stay on the line. Our producer is going to get your name and address, and I'm going to mail that out to you, okay? I hope you guys are doing okay. I haven't talked to you for a while. Tom. Okay, great. Thanks, Keith. All right. Take care, okay, man. Bye now. Okay, Nick, you have your job to do. We're going to a break. Coming up well, next is well, right like, away. We get to take a break. And yep. well, you got Nick working back yeah, I here. I got Nick working. What, what That's are you? right. That's uh, what, working. That's why they pay me the big bucks. That's Danny. right. And uh, when we come back, we'll be doing the gut report. So Give stay me a cup tuned. Of coffee while you're at it for, too. <laughs> for more on the Skipper Donut. Butts Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll Shoe be right shine. back. Come here. I'm gonna eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly! The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, today we're, you know, people have been catching a lot of fish this winter, and they're having fish fries at home, and, you know, a lot of people, now, it depends on how you make the fish. Sometimes you don't need tartar sauce, but a lot of people like it, right? So one of the basic recipes for tartar sauce is mayonnaise, a little bit of sweet pickle relish, lemon juice, and garlic pepper. And that's pretty basic, pretty easy, but try this one. I mean, I really like it. As a matter of fact, I I put this on turkey and whatever. Uh, You use some mayonnaise and Frank's sweet chili sauce. Mix those two together. Ooh, a little bit of a kick, but it really tastes good. But what I'd like you to do is if you have a special tartar sauce recipe, and I'll give you credit over the air, just email it to us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. That's ceoguys at yahoo.com. And we'll get it out there. We'll get a bunch of different maybe tartar sauce recipes, or as Krusty the Clown would say, tartar sauce. <laughs> the Gut Report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Hit it. (laughs) (laughs) He told me to say that. (laughs) Just one guitar, Danny. He's got stars in his eyes. <laughs> I had my own version of this I was going to write one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, he's a Lake Link hero, gets lots of walleyes. Hey, there you go. Starts out standing in the rain. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have a boat, just an old broken oar. Just <laughs> heard the roar of the ranger. He could picture the scene. Hey, I got an email here. This is from James. He says, morning, guys. From what I found out after 29 years of carrying mail, I use these Max Original Heavy Duty Stabilizers. I guess he's talking about ice cleats. Hmm. And switch those and switch out those sheet metal screws to cold cutter 3 8 inch screw size racing traction studs. He's getting technical. Used for motorcycle racing on ice tires. Okay, I notice a more grabbing power than those sheet metal hexagon screws as I would slide and gain no traction on very clear ice. 
All the best, Mailman Jim. And then he says, P.S. I have used the rack yak tracks. Work great for about a week. The springs break rubbing on concrete and rubber is eaten by the salt. Well, this, you know, being a, a mailman for 29 years, I bet you he's tried a lot of them. So let me tell you that again, Danny. Sheet metal screws, uh, switch out those sheet metal screws for cold cutter, three-eighths inch size racing traction studs. So there you go. Here's what I'll do, Tom. I'll, <laughs> I'll, drop, I'll bring my boots in and drop them off with you next week. No. <laughs> no, I know where you're getting to. No. Come on, buddy. No. Do something for a guy. No. <laughs> no. What if I break and, you know, I break my neck and kill myself? You'll be here all by yourself. No. You'll be here in spirit. Who'll be there to open the door for you and let you back in after you have a smoke? <laughs> I keep the door propped. <laughs> you know, oh, goodness. Um, thanks for the tip, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Um, Anyway, uh, this, have you seen what's in the news, which is almost comical, Tom, related to the great outdoors? The way the, you know how we, they talk fake news yeah. and they speak in, what is, is the word, hyperbole, mm -hmm. uh, making things sa sound uh, uh, all sensationalized? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, chronic wasting disease. How long has it been around and how long we've been talking about it? Mm -hmm. Long time, right? Right. Okay. Okay. All over USA Today newspaper now with all these articles. You want to know what they're calling it? What? Zombie disease. Zombie disease? Yep. They're calling it uh. new zombie disease in deer. So it's the zombie disease. And Don't they have to be dead first to become a zombie? The deer ain't dead. Well, because chronic <laughs> wasting disease is does work on the brain, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. central nervous system, I yeah. guess, a prion type thing. Now they want to call it a zombie disease. And now they're trying to stoke all the, oh, dude, it, could it go to humans, this and that? You know, like it's new news, okay? Right. We've been talking about which this stuff not. Yeah. for years. Now, one interesting thing that I did read, which I'm surprised I haven't heard otherwise, is that apparently, I forget the state... But there was uh, somewhere where they had fed some deer to, I don't know, a bunch of homeless people or whomever, so, to some bunch of people. And uh, later on, one of the deer that they uh, had fed to about 200 people, I guess, or a couple of the deer had tested positive for CWD. So evidently they have been monitoring them mm -hmm. over the past, I forget how many years, and I read the article online, so therefore I didn't have it to bring in with me. Uh, and so far, no effects other than the usual stuff old people get. Yeah. Yeah, but they have been kind of monitoring it. So, um, Well, at least they're doing something. They're they, monitoring They did it. that yeah. somewhere. But it's just funny that the news media is going to make it zombie disease. And then I didn't even read the article, but I, I was online the other day, and uh, it had a picture of a deer, and uh, it's what was the title? Will zombie deer attack humans? <laughs> You're right. Sensationalism. Are you kidding me? I, 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 uh, What's the matter with you? I should be on the editorial board of USA Today or a major newspaper. As an outdoors guy's guy. You know, these and, people and, know nothing yeah, about and, hunting and, and, or anything. Yeah, They're probably and, a bunch of, bunch so, of guys who, you know. 
I, you know, what you'd like, what you'd like and... to do is when they come into your office and give you this, and you and they're standing there and you're reading through it, and then you take it and you throw it at them <laughs> and say, "Get out of here!" <laughs> but I'm sure the minions oh, out there are man. eating it up as they read that stuff. Oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of. What do they call the? What do they call? Attack. What do they call the young people nowadays? Are they millennial? What do they call them? I think they call it the. Marsh, Is that millennials? Marshmallow. I think Nick, the Nick's giving me the thumbs up. He says it's millennials. Yeah, millennials, but well, they they might not know anything about this stuff. Yeah, they might in in a lot of city dwellers. They might not know anything about this stuff. So they're gonna read this and go, "Oh my God, I better get a green knife and green bullets and you know zombie stuff." To kill the zombie Horn- deer. Hornady, <laughs> Hornady, I will say, um, did kind of cash in on the zombie oh, they did, thing yeah. by coming up with the zombie green loads, yep. the boxes, yep. and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, explode the targets of zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's all in good fun, right? Yeah, and they it add was two bucks to the price tag, and yep. some dummy will spend for the same exact. Ammo, you know, except it's in a zombie it's box. dipped in green. Got a green well, uh, tip or something. Yeah, a gre- it was a green tip, yeah, yeah, instead of the little red part. Not like yeah. it's going to, not like if you hit the fox <laughs> with it or or zombie with it, it's yeah. going to know any difference than the non-zombie yeah. load. Uh, and, that, and that show, you know, one show I think that's outlived its time, at least with me, was that, that Walking Dead show. That's yeah, when it's all I, started. I didn't watch a lot of that. I, yeah. I watched for like the first year maybe or so. And it's still going on. They got yeah. spinoffs and this and that. And I'm thinking, hey, haven't these actors died yet? I mean, how long <laughs> is this going to be around, you know? And, and uh, yeah, the novelty of it kind of wore off. Yeah, I know. The first year I watched some of the episodes, and and then after that it was like, eh. And it uh, was a little too gratuitously violent, I thought. Oh, yeah. They when they're bashing in into there. zombie's head yeah. with an axe and this and that. Yeah. Uh, I know it's all special effects, and I guess it's yeah. what makes it, but I, I do think there's there, there's way too much violence out there in, in our entertainment world anyway. Yeah. Well, actually, sex and violence sells. You know, it does. It, it does. And there's a lot of gratuitous sex in a lot of these shows that don't need it. You know, I mean, you, you don't need the all the... You know, you know all the nudity in that. I mean, I'm, I'm not adverse to it, but it's like it's not needed to the storyline. You know, they just throw it in there. You know, because hey, sex sells, violence sells. You know, well, we got to throw more of that in there. It's like not needed to the storyline. If you got a good storyline, you don't need it. Right. So, you know the one the one movie I, I want to see. Uh, I'll hopefully I'll see it in another week or two. Is uh, the Mule. With uh, is that Clint Eastwood Clint directed Eastwood, one where he's like an eighty-year-old horticulturist and he gets roped into delivering drugs for the cartel? True you know, story. He, yeah, true story. I that's a movie I got to see. I got to uh, see that one. I got to tell you, Tom. I went and took my mom to go see. I figured yeah. Clint Eastwood. You know, good on him. I always love going to see a Clint movie. Um, there is a lot of sex in that movie. Eighty-two-year-old Clint Eastwood in that movie has two separate threesomes. So <laughs> that is a real thing. Oh, yeah. What well, was that based on the real yeah. life story, though, of the I, guy I, who was the mule? That's what maybe they say. The, that's what they say. Maybe the drug cartels, you know, were pretty friendly with uh, their nice to their mules. That was like their Christmas perk. <laughs> that was their bonus. <laughs> on that get, note, I think we'll go to a break. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, two and girls in your stocking. That's what the drug cartels did. Yep. Okay, oh, good lord. And you got to com- stop them. Coming up next, got to build is- that wall.
The Hornswoggle segment where you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market in Menominee Falls. They're located at Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. Carl's Country Market, award-winning meats, award-winning sausages. It's a great place, folks. I recommend it highly. Uh, and that's you can win that $10 gift certificate by calling 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And be the contestant. All you got to know about is zombies and ravens and wolves. There you oh go. Oh, my. That's easy. That's uh, easy questions that Danny's going to give, or easy statements that Danny will give you. We'll be right back with more on Sports Radio 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds. That is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Head to Skipper Buds and pick up a deluxe Aluma craft boat. Ice will be gone sometimes, guys. And uh, right now, uh, 799-1250. Give us a call and you too will have a chance to win in the Hornschwaggle Contest. And what can they win, Tom? A $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market on Pilgrim Road in Silver Spring in Menominee Falls. Great place to go to. Yeah, whatever you're looking for. And they have more than just meats and sausages and all that stuff. It's like a little grocery store. And and then they got the cool gas station, too, with all the mounts of fish. You ever, do you remember the show <laughs> Let's Make a Deal? Yeah. With Monty? Yeah. And they'd always go, Was what? that Monty Python? No, no, his name was Monty. I know. I know. And he could either take the curtain or the box. Yeah. And uh, and they go, what can they win? And the guy would go, they can win a brand new Pontiac Bonneville Safari. <laughs> they they show the car yeah, 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 and yeah, the yeah. hot-looking chick walking yeah, around it, yeah. touching it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. They had a way of making those cars and those things just look like, or those dream vacations yeah. lists look like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, like a lot of these uh, hosted daytime shows, whatever they are, you know, whenever they're giving something away, you know, like, oh, we're going to get everybody in the audience a car. Or like when Oprah would give everybody in the audience a car, give everybody in the audience a $500 gift card to Amazon or whatever. Right. Whatever they give away, that or she, the person, whether it be man or woman on the show, they'd say, I'm going to give you what well, that person isn't giving anything. The sponsors are giving it. That person isn't giving you anything, you know, because that's their payment for their for the commercial for promoting their products. You what are know? you saying, Tom? Are you saying we're not giving him a Carl's Country Meat certificate? No, Carl's is. <laughs> I'm just mailing Gee, way it. To cut, <laughs> <That's all. laughs> way to cut our feet from under us. Yeah, right. Here I well, thought it, we were like Santa Claus here, giving yeah. all this stuff away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Meaning you did not give that Badger Sportsman I, subscription away just well, a little bit ago? Not me. No, Badger Sportsman did. Badger Sportsman did. did. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, they paid for it. They not did. me. <laughs> not us. <laughs> All right. All right, we got a contestant, huh? God, Nick. On the phone, we got Mike in Pewaukee. All right. Well, I mean, you know, there's also the, the idea that, like... What is that? I am not sure. Uh, that was our CBS affiliate thing. Let me okay. try the phone line. Hey, get this rid time. of those yeah, lousy let's try CBS the phone line. affiliates. We are live and unrehearsed. Yeah. Mike, you got us? The right button. Yes, I'm here. All right. All right Hi, Mike. Mike. Good morning. So you know morning. how this you know how this works, right? Yes, I do. Okay, Alrighty. so here we go. 
Uh, Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle, uh, right about now, this time of year, wolves are mating. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? No Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. Okay. <clears throat> That's one. Speaking of mate, uh, mating, uh, the Blackbird family, 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 which spit it out, Dan, which can include ravens and crows. Uh, though ravens are a bit bigger, they do sometimes mate with crows, and their offspring is known as a craven. Uh, hornswoggle. That's a hornswoggle. Very good. Very, that was a good question. I like that, though. That was good. Yeah, you like that, Tom? Yeah. That was a good I one. I stayed up all night. I'm very excited about mating. It's a field I'm familiar with. Oh, okay. Good. So, all right. So we got uh, your two for two. Let's see if you'd get this last one. Uh, recent, uh, right now, the Winnebago sturgeon fishing is spearing's going on. Still on Winnebago, but they closed off the upriver one when they hit the... Uh, Cap number, uh, 1999. 1999 was actually the first year that they implemented the cap system, which cut off the sturgeon season if they reached a certain number. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. All right. You're three for three. Man, you're on top of things, Mike. Man, oh, man. And you weren't like some people, Mike, who, like, well, you can tell they're guessing just by the way they do it. It's kind of like when I ask one of my ninth-grade kids a math question, and they go, Three is the answer. <laughs> sometimes, we, sometimes we get that on a yeah. hornswoggle. So no, you got him. Good okay. for you, Mike. All right, well, you're going to get. Because I'm a regular listener, I must be learning something. Oh, yeah, right. Well, We're making right. you more intelligent. <laughs> yeah. It's dulling us, but it's making our listeners more intelligent. All right. Yeah, that's, and that's uh, Danny will send out that Carl's uh, Country Markets gift certificate to you and uh, spend it wisely, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Okay. It. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. We'll bye spend now. that and then some, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, you will. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Okay. Bye All now. Right. All right. And you already got his info, right, Nick? You got it. All right. Great. Okay. Oh, we're so, just moving like a yeah, well-oiled machine. Yeah. Well-oiled machine is right. And you even yeah. got the zip code this time. I got a, you did forget the zip code a couple of weeks ago, buddy. Did I? Sorry, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> There's something known as Google. Yeah. Google this and yeah. Google that. I should check this email stuff. And again. Billy, and Billy, uh, baby Tausch, oh. his writing was so terrible. You got nice, neat writing. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, all our producers, except for Nick, had terrible writing. <laughs> all of them. I have terrible writing. I just put in a little bit of effort because I yeah. know it's got to be legible. Maybe it's just the E word you got to use if you want to have decent handwriting. Exactly. Okay. Hey, we got another email. What? This one was is about tartar sauce. This comes from. Uh, J-R-W. J-R-W. J-R-W-40. First name, I think, is squeaky locks, rust. Anyway, he says, uh, for tartar sauce, he says, for just a little extra kick, add crystal brand Louisiana hot sauce to your basic tartar sauce recipe. Use the amount of crystal sauce uh, to taste. Definitely to taste. (laughs) Some people like it a little... Hotter. Some people don't like it so hot. Wow, that that sounds great, Tom. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there's a lot of good hot sauces out there, and might as well add something to it, right? You know, I've become a big fan of jalapenos in the last year now, Tom. Yeah, I never had one in my life until I'm, I started talking about. Well, them. <laughs> actually, the first ones I had. Here's a free shameless plug for Billy. Hose, H-O-S, in Pewaukee. 
Tavern on Tuesday, they have a eight ninety five big burrito. Yeah. And they put the jalapenos on it. Mm-hmm. And I started having those jalapenos on there, and wow, that makes it pretty good. A little, you know, I, I love the flavor of them. I, re, I mean, I really like the right. flavor of them. I just don't want it so hot that, you know, it's burning my right. mouth. Right, so I— But when, I like the flavor. So I often, sometimes they'll make mine special. I'll say, easy on the jalapenos. Right, right, easy on them. Now, yeah. I do have a, a buddy of mine that I work with, Mr. Chad, and Chad typically gives me— his own special sauce for chip dip, you know, like you mm-hmm. use with your, uh, you know, Mexican tortilla, tortilla chips. chips. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's based on jalapenos. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it does have a kick. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, that's the most delicious yeah. dip. Yeah. I gave him some venison a while back. What, so what else I'm is in I'm hoping I get my bag, my bottle yeah. of stuff. What else is in that? He wouldn't I mean, tell me. He said he'd tell me, but then he'd have to kill me, so oh, I don't know, Tom. Okay. <laughs> All I know is he makes it, and it's pretty darn good for chips. And I've actually started buying, you can buy jalapenos in a jar for 99 cents at a grocery store cheap enough. Yeah. And uh, I've actually started putting it on other things to jazz up oh, yeah. the flavor. Oh, definitely. Uh, when I make my venison tacos now, I've thrown a couple of those in there. You Ooh. know, now what do you do? Do you buy the can of jalapeno slices? Yeah, the little slices. And then sometimes you can just take the juice from the bottom and not even put the jalapeno, but just kind of pour the juice on like a hamburger or something like that just to jazz up the, you know. I got to check in my cellar of uh, where I got all my canned stuff. I got to see how many cans of jalapeno slices because every other year I grow extra plants of jalapenos and I slice them and I brine them and I I can them. So I got to. See how many I got down there. Might have to bring you uh, one might next save week. Save me ninety nine cents at the Dollar General store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these will be better. Homegrown. All right, folks. We're going to be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for the second hour. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.